episode contains spoilers. Gabby, you are muted. Is that intentional? Yeah, because I was eating chips that I didn't want you to hear. <laughs> what kind of chips are you eating? Juanitas! Yum! We're trying Tortilla to eat chip. up everything in our fridge before we leave for the trip. And we had some, like, uh, like corn tortilla street tacos. And I've been making them into tortilla chips. Yum! Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I feel very, like, resourceful. Like, I don't need to go buy tortilla chips. I can make some. Yeah, you're, like, zero waste. I'm a zero waste bitch. Um, no plastic, no nothing. Cool. Well, I guess we should introduce our guest this week, who's a very special guest. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Well, I'm Haley. Uh, I am Aaron's uh, sister. So I have known Aaron for probably 98% of my life. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. It was two years <laughs> before you were born. Bliss. No, I'm kidding. The good years. Yeah, the good years. I cling to them. Um, we, yeah, are siblings and uh, grew up together. And here we are. Mm-hmm. And I am in Portland. You're in Ohio. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Haley's my sister. Um, so they were around for the twilight years. I was very much around for the twilight years. Yes. I do recall you being very obsessed with twilight. And that is kind of like where I heard of twilight was from you while you were in fourth grade. And I was in, it was not fourth grade. Yeah, it was six. It, no, 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 no. It was sixth grade. It was Mrs. Zentner's science classroom. That's where I first cracked right. it open. Shout out to Mrs. Zentner. She hates me and you. Wait, oh. why does she hate me? Because <laughs> I'm related to you. I don't know. She gave me that impression when I knew her. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought she really liked me. Wrong. I don't know. Just have her on the pod. I don't know. Uh, Mrs. Lentner, if you're listening, send me a DM so we can clear the air. I don't know what I did. Um, And I, was it because I read Twilight in class? Well, anyways, yeah, you, I guess, were into it in sixth grade. Um, And I think I was in eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Haley, do you have any, like, what is your experience with vampires? Do you like vampire media? Not like it? What's your relationship with it? Um, I guess I never was that clued into vampires until post-Twilight. Like, I feel like vampires, to me, in my experience, felt like it just blew up after Twilight and everything was vampire this and vampire that. And because... I wasn't really into Twilight. I then wouldn't get into like True Blood. I'd be like, no, I'm not into Twilight. That's like Twilight, whatever. But I did get in. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had like a staunch, like, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I did get into Buffy. Yeah. Uh. I got into Buffy, I think, in late high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's kind of it. But I just really love like camp or bad TV. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I love Buffy because it's more like from now perspective, like the effects are shit. It's really cringe. And it's like kind of hilarious, but I don't love it because it's vampires. I just like it because it's like a 90s high school thing. Right. Yeah, I think you were the reason I got into Buffy because I just wanted to do literally everything you did. And so I was like, I saw Haley McVeigh watching Buffy, so I'm going to watch Buffy. <laughs> well, you didn't start hating Twilight, that's for sure. No, I don't hate Twilight. I am an avid fan of the movies. I have to yeah, say. Yeah, you that. love the movies. We, um,. <laughs> Last Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving before last, the last one where we were all in Bellingham, we made our parents watch Breaking Dawn Part 2 after Thanksgiving dinner. It was like our family movie. And shockingly, they both stayed awake the whole time and were, I think, trying to seem invested because we were like having fun. I don't know. It was a really weird night. Why did you pick Breaking Dawn Part 2? Well, my partner Chelsea and I were going through and watching all the movies because I don't think she had seen all of them. So that was just what we were at in the timeline. Um, And Gabby, I don't know how much you've interacted with like my dad, but he falls asleep at like 5 p.m. in the middle of a conversation. So (laughs) like getting him to watch... (laughs) Twilight at like 9 p.m. after eating all day, it's not humanly possible. And he did. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a miracle. That's the only way I can describe it. It was a holiday miracle. Um, yeah, a Chelsea, special day for your family. We rejoiced. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is our chosen celebration. Chelsea's very fun to watch movies with, especially ones that have twists or are kind of bad. Um, And so I think when you told me you two had been watching through them, you're like, oh yeah, we just have Breaking Dawn part two left to watch. I was like, we have to watch it right now tonight. Like I just wanted to watch it right away because I needed to be there to see Chelsea's reaction to the iconic um, fight scene. And it it didn't disappoint. Yeah, she was pissed. And the birth. Like, the birth was happening, and it was just this running out loud narrative of, like, wait a minute, what? No. Wait. He's going to use his teeth? Wait. What? I just rewatched all the movies. Yeah, I just rewatched all the movies, and so that scene when she's giving birth is so, it's, like, implanted into my brain. Because, yeah, he, like, bites her open as, like, a C-section. He's like, this'll do. (laughs) Make that little chomp sound in the movie. It's an effect. Like, (laughs) Can you hear it happen? Oh my god. I I saw this TikTok recently of someone at the, like, Twilight Museum in Forks. And they have that original Renesmee doll. The one that is, (laughs) like, so heinous and odd looking. And apparently it's, like, melting a little bit. Like, it's kind of breaking down. It was, I'll have to find it and post it to our Instagram or something because it was really 
I didn't think it could get more disturbing, but yeah, it's like its flesh is kind of like producing moisture and like starting to break down and melt a little bit. It's a lot. It's a lot to take. The hell? That is so strange. That's, I don't like that. (laughs) I love it. Its soul is like leaking out onto passerbys. Ew. On that note. So, <laughs> Haley, you've obviously never read the books, and you did you read the chapters leading up to these chapters, or did you go for the out-of-context route? I went out-of-context. I think if I had maybe been earlier in, I would have read from the beginning, but I wasn't able to read 100 pages, sorry. So yeah, I did the oh, cold, okay. no context, jumped right in, and I... I am appalled. I am shocked. I have so many questions. And I am, like, deeply disturbed. (laughs) Haley just kept texting me, like, throughout the week, just being, like, or, like, we'd talk on the phone, and they would just be, like, this is really disturbing. Like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm shocked. Like, I felt like that was your sentiment just over and over. Well, it's quite the set of chapters to just jump in on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is... It's wild. And one of my closest friends, Johnny, shout out to Johnny, he loves these books. And when I first met him, I think he was like 21 and was saying how he had read them all. And I was kind of like, why? But because they were like shocking and kind of disturbing and funny. And I never really understood and I had never taken the time to read. But yeah. Um, he's right, but I, I'm just a little more scared than entertained while watching. I mean, reading. Yeah. They're terrifying. <laughs> um, so we're going for a bit of a, just a tiny bit of a format change this week. And if people like it, you can let us know or you can say nothing and then we'll just make assumptions based on what we want to do. Um, but this week, what we're going to do is we'll give like a short summary um of the chapter and then we'll just kind of dive in to some questions discourse commenting between us um to hopefully get a little bit more point of view from our guest and just uh for brevity's sake so with that being said let's dive into this week's readings we read chapters eight nine and ten of twilight um chapter eight is titled Port Angeles. And Gabby, can you just give us a short little recap of what just happened? Yes, I, of course. Like, like where we left off? Yeah, where did we leave off? What was that last chapter? <laughs> Nightmare! <laughs> Nightmare, how could we forget the Bing, the Bing search chapter? Bella has just had her, yep, her search where she, she searches all this stuff about Edward after learning about this, uh, legend of the the cold ones from jacob on the beach and so she had her nightmare where she is running through the woods with mike and jacob and come across edward and jacob turns into a wolf and then she wakes up because she goes no because jacob is gonna kill edward wolf jacob um and that's where we left off <laughs> yes yes bella has had this disturbing nightmare and then jessica and angela are like do you want to come to Port Angeles to go dress shopping? And she's like, yes, anything to get my mind off of my potential vampire BF that I can't stop thinking about and who has been strangely absent from school 
for the last couple days. So, chapter eight, Port Angeles. Jessica, Angela, and Bella whisk themselves away to the little tourist town of Port Angeles so the two other gals can get some dresses for their upcoming formal, and Bella can try and distract herself from thinking about the mysteriously absent Edward. After shopping, Bella parts ways with the gals, looking for a bookshop because she doesn't like shopping for clothes, she likes shopping for books. Um, But her dumb little ass gets lost along the way, and she ends up in an unsavory part of town. She wanders around like a little lost child and eventually finds herself cornered by a group of literal straight-up rapists. And then, right when all seems lost, Volvo headlights swing around the corner and a voice growls, get in, and Edward comes and saves her. And after explaining very vaguely to her friends what just happened, Edward and Bella part ways from Jessica and Angela and the two of them get dinner on their own and Edward promises to drive her home and Jessica and Angela are like sounds good and leave so as Bella eats her um, now infamous order of mushroom ravioli (laughs) Edward confesses he can in fact read minds everyone's mind except Bella's mind Hmm. he explains that he followed her to Port Angeles to keep an eye on her but lost track of her because I don't know. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, then, almost too late, he uh, heard the predatory thoughts of the men who were stalking her, and he swooped in to save Bella. He even goes on to say that the main reason he took her out to dinner instead of letting her ride home with her friends was to keep himself distracted so he didn't turn back to murder the men who were planning to harm Bella. The dinner ends. Edward, of course, eats nothing. And the two get into his shiny silver Volvo and head back to Forks. And along the ride home, they continue to chat, ask each other questions. So, right off the bat, Haley, I just want to know your thoughts. We've been, Haley and I have been chatting throughout the week because we just, we talk. And um, <laughs> we, we keep like inching up to the topic of Twilight. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Save it. Save no. it for the pod. So, it's the pod, baby. Let it fly. Hey, what the hell is going on? What is happening? I just... I have never, ever read Stephanie Meyer. And I think she is, like, a demented soul. Like, I think she is, like, fucked up in the head. Like, the things (laughs) she chooses to write as thoughts for these characters just blows me away like my first note is just it's like in one of the first paragraphs how Bella said that riding in the car to Port Angeles with her friends the estrogen rush was invigorating (laughs) (laughs) you don't get an estrogen rush when you're with your friends come on I don't. It's just wild. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I just feel like the way that these characters are written, it just feels to me like a very inside deep dive into the brain of this woman and like what she thinks about like everything. And I thought like this about the bookstore specifically when um, Bella's looking for the bookstore, it like the way it was written was just really fucking shady. So I um, I have a quote that I wanted to read. Yeah. So when Bella finds like the bookstore that 
is in town. Um, it says the windows were full of crystals, dream catchers, and books about spiritual healing. I didn't even go inside. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> first of all, there's nothing that I've seen from Bella's character to show that she would think that kind of stuff is like lame, but apparently it is. And it says through the glass, I could see a 50 year old woman with long gray hair worn straight down her back, clad in a dress right out of the 60s. Smiling welcomely, welcomingly, wow, from behind the counter. I decided that that was one conversation I could skip. There had to be a normal bookstore in town, end quote. Like, uh. <laughs> that is so shady. And what I think is hilarious is that Stephanie Meyer is literally writing a book about, like, folklore and vampires. Yeah. But yeah. she's like, she's like, um, no, but, like, woo-woo shit, that's dumb. <laughs> and Bella also is literally basing her entire theory of what Edward is on, like, the local legend of a Native American tribe. But, yeah, you're so right. She mm-hmm. sees a, a bookshop with, yeah, crystals in the window, and she's, like, lame. It's like, where's yeah. Barnes & Noble? Seriously. Right. And also, like, this is semi-tangential, but it just reminded me of, like, like when I reread Harry Potter as, like, an adult, um, there are also, like, lots of slights that J.K. Rowling writes, who is not a good person, mm-hmm. but who writes, like, oh, yeah, like, people pulling rabbits out of hats and, like, card tricks, like, mm-hmm. fuck that. The, that's, like, plebeian shit. Like, I'm writing real magic. <laughs> this... <laughs> is just like stephanie meyer is like no 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 i'm gonna write real folklore and don't you dare think that like crystals is anything cool like next there yeah. are so many times in the book where stephanie meyer's mormonism really shows and i feel like this is one of them where it's like this and, and it's and it's kind of inconsistent with bella's character thus far because she is leaning into this mythological um yeah folklorish world um but then yeah stephanie meyer just throws in this little thing where it's like where's my normie bookshop right like um i can skip this conversation right after she writes that the lady looks really nice and welcoming yeah like she's ready to help her out she's like smiling (laughs) bella's really judgy and just something we come back to time and time again is how judgy Bella is of all those people around her. Yeah, Bella is constantly surrounded by people who are, like, trying to be very nice and accommodating to her. And then she gets, like, she's, like, turns up her nose at them. Like, all of her human friends, except Lauren, who we hate. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but, yeah. Well, she sucks. Yeah, I don't know. Also, they're painting Bella to be, like, not your average girl, like, kind of a guy's girl, maybe, whatever, mm-hmm. like, down to hang. I mean, she's not building the bike with Jacob yet, but, like, that kind of personality. But right. yet, she's, like, so judgy and so mean. And it's just, like, that just, I just don't, I, yeah, I don't understand a lot of choices in these books. Something I was thinking about while reading this chapter, um... Because I've talked about this before, but, like, I mean, this is my... I have reread Twilight in my adulthood, 
but this is my first time reading it with a critical eye instead of just like kind of autopilot nostalgia pleasure read. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, if I were Jessica or Angela, um, and I mean, I'm not like trying to put the blame on them, but I don't know if I would let her, like, I don't know. I would feel really off about letting her be with this guy by herself. You know what I mean? I just, if I were Angela and, and Jessica, especially if I were a teenager and I were Angela and Jessica, I would have been at that place before she even left for the bookstore. No, like before Edward, I would have been like, right. what? You want to wander off by yourself in an unfamiliar city as a teenage yes. girl? Like, no. What are you nuts? That sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah, I think it says that they are going to, I don't remember. They're they're going to like walk down to the bay or something. And then, yeah, in my head, it's like if one of my friends is like, well, actually, I want to check out a bookstore, I would just be like, oh, cool, we'll come with you. Like, they've been to Port Angeles before. They've seen the Bay. Then they're done that. No, they're just like, yeah, okay, bye. Yeah, they're very, they're very quick to let her <clears throat> just go. And I something I think is <laughs> underdeveloped, which is, like, not a surprise because these books are very thrown together. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, Stephanie Meyer hints at the fact that Edward has a supernatural ability to make people do what he wants them to do because he's so literally attractive. But it's never really, not just him, like all vampires in this universe, but it's never really fleshed out. And so I'm just constantly mm-hmm. like, no, stay with your friend. Like, I don't care how hot he is. Like, don't just let him, like, drive her home an hour. I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me, and it it made no sense. No sense at all. Okay, Haley, I know you have other notes. What other lines? What other moments? Okay, let me also just say, like, I'm also coming at this, like, I'm almost 30 years old. I've never read these books. I'm, like, a deep gay, okay? Like... <laughs> I don't like men, cis men. I don't, I, I don't like this kind of stuff. So I immediately. <laughs> I'm shocked that you agreed to be on this podcast. Because I knew it was going to be wild. Like, and my experience is just from the movies and Robert Pattinson. And yeah, like when I rewatch them even now, I'm like, oh man, he's like kind of a dick. But I was not prepared because I have a whole note. About all the little things, like, anytime his actions, thoughts, behaviors, anything that's, like, described is, like, the words, like, commanding, furious, murderously angry, hurt, mm-hmm. fury, mocking, okay? <laughs> like, and Bella just takes it, everything about her, like, she had a quote that was like, what's wrong? My voice came out in a whisper. like. This bitch is scared of him, and I understand that they're, like, playing up that, like, predator, prey, like, hot, whatever it's supposed to be thing. Yeah. But it's just wild. Like, the worst part I thought that I found, like, the first worst part, I should say, was when he saves her, and he's, like, livid and, like, whatever. She's, she's like, trying to talk to him, and he interrupts her, and he's, like, just prattle on about something unimportant until I calm down. 
Yes. And she's like, okay, sweetie, whatever you say. Yeah, prattle on. Also, like, a huge note I had that I, like, underlined and, like, scribbled was, like, what is this writing style? Like, I do not understand how middle schoolers were engaged in this. Like, it's almost like someone's taken a writing class once and now they're, like, thinking that writing everything, like, in almost a weird old English way is, like, the the standard. Like, everything just sounds really off. It sounds like a mimic of old English. I don't know. It's just very, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think that she, the author, is, she really tries to give Edward this, like, um, yeah, this almost, like, kind of old English dialect, not in, like, literally how it sounds, but, like, in his vocabulary, but it does not add up sometimes. Um, Haley actually texted me today and was like, are there typos in this PDF you sent me? And I was like, um, there, there might be, I don't know. (laughs) And they were like, when Stephanie Meyer wrote holy crow, did she mean holy cow? And I was like, no, no, she meant holy crow. You know, the common saying. Why would, why would I say that? Why would this like teenage girl from early 2000s was like... From Phoenix, Arizona, which she makes a point to say is way larger than Seattle, blah, blah, blah. Why would this teen probably watching Hillary Duff say, holy crow? Like, nothing makes sense. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. But, you know, people, people liked it, even middle schoolers. I guess when I was in middle school, I would just be like, no. What were you reading in middle school? Just Harry Potter. So that's you it. Know, pretty much, yeah. Assigned <laughs> reading and Harry Potter. Harry Potter over and over and over. Yeah. I don't really think I got into books until I was like in my 20s. So I think I just read like kind of nothing. There's lots of uh, Laguna Beach. Yeah. Rock of Love. Flavor lots of Love. Lots of Rock of Love. Oh, yeah. VH1. Yeah. We got one. We got one cable channel on our on our TV growing up um, randomly, and it was VH1. So we watched a lot of Rock of Love, Daisy of Love, um, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the so, Bad Girls Club? Yeah, I've Bad never Girls seen Club? Bad Girls Club. What? Yeah. That show is wild. It's not on VH1. It, it was on Oxygen, I think. But we had Oxygen. <laughs> Um, yeah, it would come on randomly and I would watch it and our mom would walk in and be like, Ugh, can you not watch that, please? And then she'd like sit down and watch an episode with me. Yeah. Okay. Also like shout out to Holly. Um, we would watch a lot <laughs> TV together. Okay. Like we watched Rock of Love together. And with Holly, it was like a yes. weekly thing. Yeah. Yes. And don't deny it. <laughs> No, Holly, don't deny that because it's like <laughs> don't text us trying to deny it. We were there. That is a real thing. Yeah, lots of that. Also, lots of snapped. Watching lots of snapped. Lots of date. A lot life. of snapped. <laughs> yeah, just some wholesome material at the McVeigh household. Um, okay, Haley, I have a question for you. Mm. Um, so 
Oh, well, now I'm realizing it might not be a good question because you've seen the movies. I was going to ask, what's your theory on why Edward can't read Bella's mind? Do you remember in the movies why that's the case? Yeah, I do. But um, but my question, can I? Can we talk about it? Because I have a question about yeah. it. Because the logic is that that's like her power. Like every vampire has a specific power. And hers mm-hmm. is that she can't be read. Is that right? She's like a shield. Spoiler. Okay, yeah, she's a shield. So do all humans like have like I thought that'd be a power when you became a vampire so why is her power like active when she's a human I don't know if they talk about it in the movies but definitely in the books there is a line I think in Breaking Dawn where they Carlisle has a theory that you take your most um like prevalent human trait with you into your like transformation and sometimes those literally manifest as like a supernatural power like um jasper can manipulate (laughs) such a fucked up power he can literally manipulate (laughs) your feelings and he's a confederate soldier (laughs) yeah yeah um and i think that you know jasper says something like he was really charismatic when he was a human he was really good at like getting people onto his side the side of the confederacy um (laughs) Yikes. And yeah, Edward apparently was like very insightful. And so when he became a vampire, he could literally read people's minds. So it's not like she has a power necessarily. Um, I think it's just like she is. I think what Steffi Myers trying to say is like she is kind of a more reserved person. And so maybe that's why he can't read her mind. There's also hints in Midnight Sun, spoiler for Midnight Sun, Edward can't really read Charlie's mind either. He only gets, like, um, flashes of, like, images instead of, like, a monologue of thought. And so it's kind of implied it's, like, a genetic thing on Charlie's side. Mm, Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so Haley, just go read Midnight Sun and then all your questions will be answered. I think you would actually... Um, like jump off a bridge if you read Midnight Sun. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's Twilight from Edward's perspective. Oh, okay. Yikes. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. What about the one that's the gender flipped version? Because my friend has also <laughs> read that. It says that it's like absolutely heinous. I've never read it. Gabby, have you read it? No. I don't understand why it exists, honestly. I don't plan on reading it. Bella is Beau and Edward is like Edith. Edith. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like, I don't know, if you want to write it again that badly, just write like a new series. <laughs> I don't She can't, dude. It's just you have Twilight from Bella's perspective, then Twilight from Edward's perspective. And then Twilight switched, but whose perspective is it? Is it from? Is it from Bo's human perspective or Ed Edith's vampire perspective? And what's different? Did she just like command F and like swap all the names anytime it was Bella? It's now Bo, and it's the exact same text. Otherwise, Ugh, Gabby, gotta, what I'm I need hearing answers. is, we'll, I know we'll I need, need to read we'll it. We'll need to read it. <laughs> we'll need to read it. Unfortunately, that won't oh. be a series of episodes. That'll be one episode. We'll get it out of the way. But I think we need to read it. Um, 
Okay. I Wait, do have, I have one more question. Oh, I have one big question. That was the yeah, first question yeah. I had because it's in like the first sentence. Um, does Bella call her dad the chief? I'm nodding. Wait, what? In her head. I'm... Yeah, the first sentence is like something like the girls drove faster than the chief, and it's like in all caps. So that's her dad she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Chief Swan. Okay, got it. Don't like it. Got it. <laughs> it's bad. Um, I have like a fun, silly question. Um, so we have, in my opinion, four gals in this chapter, Bella, Jessica, Angela, and the waitress. And I'm wondering, which one do you identify with most? Are you a Bella, a Jessica, an Angela, or a waitress? A waitress. I don't, I don't know. I don't know really much about these characters to say, but I, you know... Just coming in and out of people's lives, giving them food, and walking away. <laughs> That's Haley. Me. Yep. Gab. Mm. Jessica. I'm a Jessica too. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want to leave my friend, but I would definitely want all of the gossip details afterwards. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah. A hundred percent. I am like jealous of how much gossip material this relationship would have given this school to talk about because nothing this exciting ever happened in my high school career. I never had something this juicy to gossip about. So yeah. why are you why are you scowling? Because your class, you're like class of 2013 or whatever was like the naughtiest class that had like come through that public school system to date and y'all were always in trouble and there was like a school-wide assembly on sexting because of (gasps) your class I forgot about that I completely forgot about that so don't even Uh say don't even say because I was like a senior and this freshman class was like making me sit through this assembly. So you sent shockwaves through the whole public school. Not I you. Personally, I personally yeah. was an angel. I didn't do a thing. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Sexting, <laughs> sure. Lots to gossip about, but still nothing. I mean, I just, I'm just not like other girls. I just wish something more like substantial had happened interesting um speaking of gossip i think that uh segues us into the next chapter really nicely gossip 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 yeah so this next chapter we have eerie ella and edward are in their car in edward's car as he's driving them back to forks bella has the opportunity to spill all of her theories about about Edward, and she reveals to him what she learned um, from Jacob on the beach that day. But Edward is like, yeah, you're right, I am a vampire. And then this chapter ends with Bella and her famous, her famous quote. That oh, she... God. I even know this quote. 
about three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. And that's where that chapter ends. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Something I noticed, my big thing with this chapter is that it's so different in the movie. In the movie, we get that whole scene where Edward is pulling tree trunks out of the earth, like, as if you could outrun me! As if you could fight me off! Like, doing all of that weird shit that he does to intimidate her. And then in the book, it's it's so chill. They're in a car, and he's just like, yep, that's true. Yep. 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 Yeah, he fesses Great. up to it really <laughs> quickly. Like, they go from talking about things hypothetically one moment to her being like, so how can you read minds? He's like, man, I don't know. I can just read them. Cause probably because I'm a vampire. Like, it's just like this switch. All of a sudden, he just drops yeah. the facade. Yeah. This is not very important, but maybe it is. I don't know. Um, she says, I don't know how potent that part might be. And then in the movie, I'm pretty sure this says dominant. I think they changed it to like, and I don't know how dominant the part might be that thirsted for my blood. It's like, hmm. So many changes with this chapter. <laughs> and, you know, the cut to her in her bedroom, like, putting her hair back and looking at him out the window. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's, like, oh biting God. her lip, like, oh, my God, I can't believe yeah. it. And he was yeah, just, he's like, waiting. jumping out of a tree or, like, opening her door or something weird. He's, like, down in the driveway, and she's, like, you rascal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, like, weirdly combine this chapter with – this is – I don't – I don't love the first Twilight movie. I like it a lot. But – what well what bugs me is that they completely cut out the day that they keep talking about like in this chapter and the next chapter where they're like oh you know we're going to go to Seattle together their little day trip their little date is completely cut out from the movie and to me that is a very crucial point and they kind of combine what happens in the meadow with the he shows her his skin. He yeah, gives these weird displays of his strength uh, to, like, scare <laughs> her. But it, like, makes her kind of, like, titillated. And they combine that with this chapter. So I kind of have a bone to pick with the films. But I do respect um, the creative choices that Catherine Hardwick made um, in the film. Hey, everyone. It's Editing Aaron. Uh, back again to tell you that for some reason a portion of our audio got cut up and messed up. So let me fill you in on the blanks. We go on to have a conversation about Catherine Hardwick and how 13, one of her other films, is awesome. And then we start chatting about some of the choices in the films, which leads us to talk about one of the greatest choices in the film, which is Robert Pattinson's iconic line, you better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. So now that you're all caught up, let's continue our discussion. And like, spoiler alert, does he even say Spider Monkey in this book? Because if not, like, <laughs> I'm done. No, that was that was an ad lib. An ad lib. Wow, our pats. Yeah, I He's think I feel like he was he was like <laughs> trolling. I think, and then they fucking put it in the movie. He's a little freak. I also have to admit that like. 
I just kind of think most like cis men are inherently ugly. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's fortunate for them. But I just think objectively they're fucking ugly. And but he is so hot. Like I cannot. He's so hot. He's devastatingly handsome. I cannot. In the lighthouse, I was just like losing my Oh paint. my god. Anytime he shoveled coal in the lighthouse, um, I was yeah. just over. I was just overtaken by how attractive he is. Or even him with like a like bathroom sink bleach hair dye job in good time. Yes. I was like, wow, you're hot. That's like your type, though. <laughs> Have you seen Chelsea? <laughs> Chelsea's like Chelsea is this like she is an immaculately like pristine, beautiful, like classy woman, <laughs> like angelic as hell. So fucking angelic, like glows from within at all times. <laughs> I guess I mean. You, you, I, like, you would fuck with someone with, like, a bad bathroom bleach dye job. You know what I mean? Oh, like myself in last March at the start of quarantine. Yes. I didn't want to <laughs> say it, but that's kind of where my brain went. Your Tiger King era. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I have a line here that stood out to me in this chapter. It's not significant. <laughs> so she, like... Bella cries when she's mad. I feel like this is another, like, oh. mm-hmm. trope of the, like, guy's girl. Like, no, I don't cry. I just cry when I'm mad. And it's, like, this weird, like, submissive but not trait. Anyway, there's a line where he's like, are you crying? And she's like, no. And then she's like, I raised my hand. And there they were. Traitor tears were there betraying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had that in my notes. I like almost screamed when I read it. <laughs> Trader tears betraying me. They were traitorous. Stephanie Meyer's a writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was my one note. I also maybe because like I had just been texting you, Haley, about the word choices, but I was really struck by Bella's. Bella was like. I've noticed that men are crabbier when they're hungry. Like, the use of the word crabby really threw me off. I was like, gal, you are 17. But I can really hear the, like, 30-something white woman, like, coming through your in your dialogue. Oh, yeah. I can hear the 30-something woman from, like, our old, like, church group shout-out. Yes. Speaking yes. like that. Also, mm-hmm. as a, you know, ex-Mormon, she sounds just like... A youth group leader. Yeah, she does. Like, trying to relate. Yeah. Crabby. Men are crabbier when they're hungry, girls, so make sure you feed them. Exactly. Literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the activities like learning how to cook, like, a manwich or something. <laughs> a manwich. Oh, no. I, I'm just thinking about my dad. My dad loves his manwich. <laughs> Don't make him crabby. Oh my god. I think Bella definitely uh, cooks manwich for Charlie. Definitely. I don't think so. Hmm? What? Oh, I think she's like... I don't know. <laughs> I feel like manwich is the kind of thing that she would have judged Charlie for eating. 
Like if she moved in and he made mm-hmm. manwich, she'd be like, how do you survive on manwich and bacon and eggs? You know? You have a point. You have a point. I don't know. I, I can't picture it. It's like, I don't think Bale, I don't think Bela, whoops, I don't think Bella. <laughs> I don't think, think Bela would serve her, would serve the chief a manwich. Well, I just don't think Bella. <laughs> and now I forgot what I was actually going to say. I don't think, oh, like, I don't think Bella would make Charlie hamburger helper. No? Yeah. You're, you're convincing me. I'm coming over to your side. Um, I've, yeah, no. I've read, I've read enough of Bella's inner monologue that I think, uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. I, as Bella, would have made Charlie a man witch. <laughs> <laughs> I used to really want to try a man witch. Like, I would see the commercials on TV, and I would think in my head, like, we don't ever get to eat stuff like that. We keep saying man witch, and I don't like the word, and now I can't get the theme song out of my head, too, because they're like, I want a man witch, please. Like, <laughs> they have, like, a whole jingle for the man witch. Oh, shit. Now yeah, just... wow. I'm also thinking of a mashup of that and Amanda Bynes, where instead of Amanda, please, it's <laughs> man witch, please. <laughs> you always have Amanda Bynes on the brain. True. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. I didn't have any other notes for this chapter. It's a weird... It's a weird little chapter, but I, I like it. It is really different from the film. Like, you're right. It's a lot more just, like, chill. They're just, like, in the car. Like, yeah, I'm a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do it. take note of, in this chapter, I do take note of how, like, they're not talking at all about safety, too, and all this stuff. Like, Bella, this is the second time I've had to save you. Blah, 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 blah. You need to be more careful. And then he's driving, like, recklessly on the freeway and it's just like would you please stop telling her that she needs to take care of herself when literally just being around you is like you endangering her like stop projecting like you're gonna hurt yourself bella like it's all you edward i don't know yeah and he's always like like he followed her this was something i never got he's like oh you attract trouble and i mean i guess we do learn in midnight sun that the men who were stalking her were going to, like, rape and probably kill her. Like, it was pretty serious. Um, but, yeah, Edward, I just don't really understand. He's like, oh, I had to follow you to Port Angeles to make sure you stayed safe. Like, he is just so obsessed with the fact that, like, because she's human, she could, like, he just catastrophizes like crazy. But in reality, the number one thing that endangers her life over and over and over again in this story is his presence and the yeah. like all of the trouble that that brings. Yeah. So he, he like has to compensate for that somehow. Right. And you she know, would not, mind. she would not have even gone to this dress shopping outing or she would have gone, but she would not have gone to the bookstore if she was not trying to like figure him out. So really. He is the root of every single problem that she has. She would have never wandered off. She would have walked down to the bay and had a nice time with the gals. Yeah, or she would have just got smushed by Tyler's band and there'd be no book. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Not to be like too much of a killjoy, but I think that it's like so disturbing that Stephanie Meyer throws in this trope of like strangers will assault you. 
men will come mm-hmm. out from from an alleyway and like you know kill or rape you and that's that's who you should look out for in like poor mm-hmm. parts of town men walking around yeah when in reality the overwhelming statistically proven person you should always be looking out for are the men closest in your lives and for women married to them it's normally their spouse and that mm-hmm. domestic violence is way more prevalent than stranger danger so I just think that it's it's just such a really weird backwards gaslighting narrative to even write that oh her life could have been ruined but at the same time like he's so abusive to her he's he yeah. seems like he hates her so I'm just a little confused <laughs> like he always seems Dude. like he really hates her and that she's a burden and is like fucking stupid and he's like I just saved your ass. Like, you could fall down a flight of stairs at any minute. I hate you. It's just kind of wild. If you want to get into, like, Gaslight Central, you should go back and read the chapter Phenomenon. I think it's chapter three. It's the okay. one, um, it's, like, after he saves her from okay. the car crash. Yeah, it I is. probably will. He, yeah. I had a note from this chapter when they're talking and she's like, oh, it doesn't matter to me like what you are, you know, like being a vampire. Mm-hmm. And um, he had said back to her in a hard mocking edge, you don't care if I'm a monster, if I'm not human, uh, you're angry, I sighed. I shouldn't have said anything. No, he said, but his tone was hard as his face. I'd rather know what you're thinking, even if what you're thinking is insane. it's just like yeah i want to know your thoughts but your thoughts are fucking stupid like i don't know that's just so sad it's like why does yeah i don't get why he likes yeah he i think about this a lot too much more than any person adult person should i i think he is truly like it's the fact that he can't read her mind. It comes up in, in uh, True Blood, too. Um, just to go on a little tangent, but the main character in True Blood, Sookie, is a telepath, and she figures out she can't read vampires' minds, so she starts seeking out their company because it's, like, comforting. So this is, like, another kind of weird trope where it's, like, Edward finds... But he doesn't find comfort in the fact that he can't read her mind. It pisses him off. So there's no yeah. logic, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, that in combination with the bloodlust, I'm sure his interest is just Oh, like, yeah. His own particular, it's his own particular brand of heroin. Brand of heroin? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a line in the book, Haley. In a couple chapters, he literally says, like, it's my own particular brand of heroin. I'm, I'm rolling my eyes dramatically. Yeah. Now we're fully in vampire world. We know it's real. Yes. Yes, we do. And that leads us into chapter 10, which is called Interrogations. So after this wild, wild, wild night where Bella is saved from being murdered and learns that Edward is indeed a vampire, she kind of wakes up in this in this haze, convinced that maybe it was a dream. Um, and then when she gets out into her driveway, Edward is just there. And he's like, would you like a ride to school? And she's like, okay. And she goes out of her way to say that, like, when they're driving to school, it's awkward. And I thought that was, that just stood out to me because I was 17 once and can just imagine how awkward this car ride was of just, like, not knowing what to talk about. 
Um, but they arrive at school. Um, Jessica is there. She wants info. She wants to know what's going on. And Bella tells her with Edward's permission that they are indeed dating. There's a line where he's like, Jessica's going to want to know if we're secretly dating and how much you like me or something like that. And Bella says, um, oh, well, what should I tell her? And he's like, well, I guess you could say yes to the first if you want. And I just had a moment where I was like, this doesn't feel very nice. You know, like, I don't know. If I were Bella, I want him to be like, well, I would like, I would very much like to date you. Like, do you want to date me? Like, he doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's like interested in her, even though we know he is. But that just made me kind of sad. I just, I felt sad for Bella there because it, it was such a non-committal answer. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, so Bella does tell Jessica, yes, they are dating. And she tells her that uh, Bella likes him way more than he likes her. Um, and she says this very earnestly. She truly believes this. Um, so Bella and Edward reunite at lunch. And he reads Jessica's mind to hear their entire conversation in her mind. And he confronts her and tries to tell her that that's impossible um, and that he cares for her a lot, probably more than she could ever know. Um, but Bella physically cannot take a compliment and just kind of shrugs it off um, and just continues to ask him questions. And they kind of get back onto the topic of what his family eats. He reveals that he was away with Emmett this weekend hunting uh, bears and that Emmett's favorite food is, quote, irritable grizzly. Um, and... Edward's favorite food is mountain lion. Um, Bella is very fascinated by the idea of them killing these predators with just their teeth and their bodies and asks if she could see him hunt one day. And Edward has like a brain aneurysm and says absolutely not, but doesn't expand on why. Um, and then finally, with the upcoming Seattle trip on the horizon, Edward asks if it would be okay if they did something other than going to Seattle. Um, this Saturday, he tells her that the weather's going to be nice. And if she would like, she can see how he spends a sunny day and uh, reveal the secrets of the sun's effect on him. And she says, sure, but I get to drive. And he crosses his arms and furrows his brows and says, fine. And that's the end of the chapter. Well done. Thoughts? Good job. Uh, Haley, how was this chapter for you? Edward is just, like, a time bomb. Like, he just gets really mad all the time. And reading it, I was just, like, very taken aback. Like, <clears throat> you would think he would, like, hear what their conversation was like and be, like, flattered that, okay, Bella really likes him. Like, he doesn't get to read Bella's thoughts, you know? But he gets to invade on her conversation by listening to her friend. But instead, it's described as, like, when she meets back up with him for lunch, he's, like, immediately pissed. He's just, like, pissed. He's mad and all then, the time. Yeah, he's mad all the fucking time. And then he's just, like, you said that I don't like you as much as you like me. And that's wrong. And it's just, like, but she's also saying that she really likes you. You know? <laughs> it's just, like... It's so strange. Yeah, one of my notes was that, like, <clears throat> I guess this was for the whole, like, three chapters, but they're always, like, have this coy, like, banter back and forth of, like, you know, especially when it was, like, secretive vampire stuff. Like, they didn't quite say it yet. It'd be like, 
oh, well, I'm really good at listening to people. And they'd be like, oh, like, what does that mean? And then Bella would say like one thing too far, it seems like. And then he would just be like, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) So it's like they banter back and forth. And then at one point, he's just like completely over it. And he's like lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that pretty much sums up his character. Does he like yeah. do nice things for her? Like, do they mm-hmm. do cute things? I don't think there's anything he does in these books that you would think is cute. <laughs> yeah. I think anything he would do that someone would consider cute, you would consider like the bare fucking minimum. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like that TikTok where the girl it's like girl whose boyfriend does the bare minimum and the girl is like, oh my god, I went to his house and like he gave me this free water bottle. Like <laughs> it's just like an aquafina water bottle. My favorite and, thing is like people making fun of um like hetero couples, like Instagram captions or like wedding vows being like Jason. I fucking hate you most days. You're mean to me. You never do a single chore. You make me want to scratch my eyes out. I don't enjoy my time with you. We don't laugh anymore. We have nothing in common. But I just love you. And I promise to be the best (laughs) wife forever. That is like what some of these captions fucking look like sometimes. It's really shocking. He definitely is just always brooding and like... Unab- he's just he has like no self-awareness in this way where he's always blaming her for the circumstances that he's creating like well edward maybe you could just act like you like her a little more if you don't want her to think that she likes you more you could reassure her in a way that isn't like demanding and like intimidating i yes exactly I talked about this, I think, when we had Grace on, and I'm really thinking about it more and more as I go through this book. But yeah, Stephanie Meyer seems to do this thing where it's like he is so tortured because like, oh, literally every moment he's around her, his predator instinct is like, kill her, kill her, drink her blood. And he has to have this like insane amount of self-control and he's having to think about protecting her from supernaturals and all of these big things that he like doesn't see this type of thing, like reassuring her that you like her or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, like having a nice lunch together. He doesn't see that as important at all because in his mind, everything is literally life or death and he has this like a mortal point of view and she's just a teenager you know she just wants to hear that he likes her mm-hmm. and just yeah. go on a nice date or something yeah she says this when she's talking about in her conversation with Jessica um, she's like I can't explain it right but he's even more unbelievable behind the face then in her thoughts, she's like the vampire who wanted to be good, who ran around saving right. people's lives so he wouldn't be a monster. And it just reminds me of like these gross people who like get involved with like foundations or charities to like present this outward like, oh, see, I'm a saint. And really they're like abusing their wife at home. 
they're like, but see, mm-hmm. I had, I lead a domestic violence charity. Like, there's no way I could be hurting like someone I love. Ha ha. See, like it's just this like right. He definitely brunt. has a savior complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He um he mentions in this chapter that um. Emmett likes to eat grizzly bears and people. <laughs> this hasn't come up yet in the books, so I hesitate to comment on it, but I don't care. It's my podcast. Emmett's backstory <laughs> is that he was like mauled by a grizzly bear, and that's how they found him, like on the brink of death. And now he. Mm-hmm. Did you not know that, Haley? No. <laughs> He was like he was like hiking and was mauled by a grizzly bear and Rosalie was out hunting and she like stumbled across him and his like face oh my god you're going to die his like face reminded her of her friend's son from when she was a human and she like loved this little boy like she really wanted a child and she, like, because Emmett reminded her of, like, that little boy, she, like, went to Carlisle was, like, save him. And now they're, like, together. Anyway, Emmett was, like... <laughs> what? Yeah. Emmett was mauled by a grizzly bear. That's how he got turned. Um, and now he likes to eat grizzly bears. And then Edward says his hunting style is similar to, like, a bear. And then Bella says, like, oh, what's your favorite? And he says, mountain lions. And then he says that people have, like, told him that he is, like, a lion when he hunts. And he has this line where he's like, well, maybe our preferences are indicative of our personalities or something like that. So I want to know what if your (laughs) preference of what kind of animal you would drink blood from is indicative of your personality or demeanor. What would be your prey of choice if you were a vampire? I can open it up since I posed the question. Um, I think I think that the animal I identify with the most is a house cat because I'm really lazy and like to just like lay around and not do a lot. So you um, would kill cats? You're going to just like suck Willow dry? I mean, based on the logic of this chapter, I guess I have to. <laughs> Wait, what? So the thing you like the most you want to kill? Is that the no, logic? The, no, the thing that you, that you are like the most. So you're just going to be like a Luca Magnata as a vampire. Who is Luca Magnata? Oh, shit. He is that guy who killed a bunch of cats and put the videos online. And then what? <gasps> oh, people like traced him and he and then he killed a human being and put the video online. And then people like. Oh, is that from that documentary? Don't fuck with cats. Yeah, definitely. So that's you. I don't. I don't want to be a cat killer, okay? I don't want to be a, a cat killer. I'm just saying that if, to it. <laughs> if your demeanor and personality resembles the type of prey that you find the most appealing, I think that my personality most closely resembles a house cat. I mean, I think I would just kill people if I was a vampire, so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just literally kill people. <laughs> 
would murder a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, now I feel like a dick for saying house cats. Well, <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> I was trying to break the ice, God. Uh, you did. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't know my answer. Puppies? I feel like... No, no, I don't think I would kill puppies. I don't think I am anything like a puppy either, so. No. Uh, see, this just goes, I, I'm so bad at these kinds of questions. Like, what kind of animal are you? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I could say, <laughs> any, I could say anything. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I would kill deer. I just saw a deer on my way to work this morning. I could have gotten out of my car and feasted, I guess. Bar oh vampire and like, oh look, <laughs> and breakfast. A little drive-through coffee. Okay, one time when Haley and I were kids, we were driving home with my mom and we passed an absolutely decimated deer corpse. Were you in the car, Haley? It was like fucked up. I really don't know. <laughs> Where okay, anyway, it was a really it was a really fucked up deer corpse that had been hit by a car and like dragged to the side of the road and it was like like we it was gross. It was bad and we got home and we were like, Dad, Dad, we saw this really disgusting like deer that got hit. It was so sad, blah blah. And my dad was the one who hit it. <gasps> he was like, Yeah, I I hit a deer on the way home. Yeah, lest we not forget being in the car when he hit a dog that one time. I have been oh, in the car no. twice when my parents have hit dogs. The first time we were all in the car. On the way home from a movie. On the way home from a movie. You have to understand, it was a, it was like a country road. It was dark. It was a black dog. It darted out in front of us. Hit, hit the dog. It was traumatizing. And one time, this is so sad. Haley, you had moved out. I was in high school. Mom and I had, like, we had, like, rented a movie, gotten a Papa Murphy's pizza, gotten some ice cream. We were doing the Friday night hangout. Dad was out of town. We're driving home on – we're almost home. We were, like, on that last stretch. And it was a full, like, gong, like, over the dog. She hit it. All right. All right. Yeah, we've just pulled into the house and I was like sobbing and she had to like go back to like get it out of the road and see if it was still alive and it wasn't. It kind of put a damper on our evening. <laughs> uh, she as, feasted as, on it. Yeah, as she <laughs> brought it home, we cooked it right up. So, Erin, your story about your family and their unfortunate um, and their bloodlust for dogs. Well, all of you hitting animals in your car made me think, you know, I think that I would feast on a horse. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't so think that Aaron I'm anything, too. I don't think that I'm anything like a horse. But I was thinking about horses when you were talking about hitting animals with your car. Um, and I think I'm settled on that. I think a horse would be a fun thing to hunt down, like a wild stallion tracking it yeah. and then eating it that would be fun <laughs> what about a miniature horse okay it's being alluded to so i'll just i'll just fess up the dumbest story of my life Haley and gabby have both heard it many times um when i was 16 
freshly had my license. Before Snapchat existed, I had just gotten my first iPhone and my friend and I were very innovative. We could have invented Snapchat because that's basically what we were doing. We would send like selfies to each other with captions in iMessage. And that's like how we would text because we both had just gotten iPhones. And so I was driving down a country road where I lived in my little white Jetta and I had my phone like on my steering wheel texting and driving pointing at me sending a picture like a silly face and then all of a sudden I just I can't even describe it it was like the loudest it was just the loudest like bang I had ever heard and my whole the force against my car it, it was like nothing I'd ever felt in my life. Like I hit something. So I pull over and I look behind me and I see a man and two horses, which is two, two miniature horses. Think, think Lil Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> that size, not like baby. Think Lil Sebastian. And at first I thought, Oh my God, I hit a man. Like I hit a human being. I killed someone. And I, very easily could have so I get out of my car I'm like on the brink of hysterics and I'd hit one of the miniature horses and it's front flank was like bust open and like gushing (gasps) blood and it was shaking uncontrolled I will never forget this it was shaking uncontrollably like breathing super hard like how horses do when they're distressed and this man is apologizing to me profusely he was like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry my dog ran out in front of you and there was a dog running around off leash my dog ran out in front of you oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I should have had him on a leash are you okay and I was like is your horse okay and he was like I think I think it's fine there's no break it's fine like and we just kind of he just reassured me it was going to be okay and just kept apologizing because quote his dog ran out in front of me so I had to like swerve to avoid it and I just like let him think that I like didn't own up to it um and then when I got home I told my parents that's what had happened too I said the dog ran out in front of me and swerved it and and then I swerved and then probably six years later like in my 20s I was back at home for the holidays telling this story to like Haley and I think it was like maybe like Sarah Purr was like visiting for Thanksgiving or something to one of your friends. And I'm telling this story, the true version. And my mom was standing oh. at the kitchen sink, washing dishes. And she just turned oh. off the water and turned to me and was like, that is not what you told me happened. <gasps> and my blood like ran cold. And I was like, uh, I lied. Oh. What did she say? Nothing, what could she probably. say? Yeah, what what could she do? Grown up. Yeah. She, what nothing. is she gonna do? She said my punishment was that they never fixed the dent in the car, so I had to drive around with this giant dent in my car that everyone knew was from a miniature horse that I hit. So I would have my punishment was shame. Oh my god, poor horse. Yeah, we <laughs> never followed up. I never checked. I didn't get the name, I didn't get the address, I didn't get the phone number. The address, um, he lived right there. I don't know where he lived. He, like, pointed... Could have been anywhere. Could have been anywhere. (laughs) Pointed over the hill. I don't fucking know. But, yeah, I had a horse. Um, Gabby would eat horses. I would apparently (laughs) be a serial killer in training, and Haley would just be a serial killer. 
Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Nice. Well, <laughs> if no one else. Oh wait, I do just have one more line I want to point out from this chapter. Yeah. Um, Edward Bella says Edward grills Bella to get her to tell him what she's thinking. I don't even remember what the thought was, but she tells him and he gets mad and she's like, you're upset. I thought you wanted to know what I was thinking. And he says, I do want to know what you're thinking. I just wish you wouldn't be thinking some things. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have that in bold. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's sad. You just only think the thoughts that I want you to think. Yes. Is that so unreasonable, Bella? I want to read your mind and I want everything I find to be what I want it to be. Please. Right now. Well, that's it for our reading this week. Um, Lots of anger issues from Edward. Um, We now know, canonically, set in stone, he's a vampire. He likes mountain lions um, and stalking Bella. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And what a catch. But he's really, really, really hot. <laughs> he looks like a Greek god, is what she says. Oh, I like all the descriptions of his jacket. Like, his jacket really took precedence in the, like, ride home chapter. Like, there's a lot of description about this jacket. There's a whole TikTok account dedicated to breaking down the outfits of Twilight as described in the books. Because they're so unreal. He, like, yeah, in this chapter, he's wearing, like, a white V-neck and then, like, a light tan leather jacket. All the money in the world can't buy taste, I guess. And he still goes to public school, you know, high school. That's what he wants to have expensive taste and buy nice clothes. And then he's like, oh, I'm late for third period. (laughs) I'm hate for world geography. Yeah. Trig. Oh my gosh. AP English. Are we just naming subjects now? <laughs> yeah, you go. PE. Gabby. Mm, I choir. I panic. I knew you were gonna say choir. <laughs> and on that note, I wanna know. It's been a week. It's been another week in the world. Um, for better or for worse. Uh-huh. Who, who, what, when, where was pissing you off this week to the point where you just wish you had a stake and could just drive it through their heart? Haley, you're our guest. Lead us off. Well, you know, this week I was invested in, in Twilight and I'm going to stake Stephanie Meyer in the heart. I'm just really, <gasps> I'm going to plunge it. Someone's got to do it. I don't know where she is or what she's doing, but it's coming. This is not a real threat. I I should say that. This is this is not a real threat of murder, but um, Stephanie, sleep with one eye open because um, a small gay person from Portland covered in tattoos is going to be hovering over your bed at night <laughs> with a wooden stake. Exactly. <laughs> Gabby? Mm. I'm staking anti-vaxxers. 
this week. <gasps> Thank you. Bye-bye. My old voice teacher was an anti-vaxxer. Ew. Fun fact. She drank a lot of green juice. Battle fight like her thing. It's her thing. Save her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's like, you always need to do cardio before you sing or have an audition. Drink your green juice. Also, vaccines cause autism. <laughs> the three rules of voice lessons. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you sing, folks. <laughs> Charged a lot for lessons, too, which is, I now as an adult, I'm like, wow, that was like a scam. Just like a scam. Yeah. Artist. <laughs> um, especially because she didn't teach me any technique. I hope she's not listening to this. She wouldn't. She'd oh my god! Last week when I like went off about my job, Jordan was like listening to it, and he was like, "Aaron, is your boss gonna find this?" And I was like, "You know, if they do, so be it. Whatever. You'll never see those doctors again. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Thank God. Yeah. What about you? What are you staking? This is really niche. It, this is pretty much just for Haley because it's just fresh on my mind. Um, so I'm really, I'm really into Lost right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan and I have been devouring. We're literally gonna go finish season two the minute I stop recording this podcast. Um, and even though Lost spoilers ahead. For anyone who has not watched Lost yet, um, even though she just got killed in the show, I want to add insult to injury and kill her again. (laughs) Miss Anna Lucia of season two of Lost, played by Michelle Rodriguez, is the worst character I have ever encountered. Worst, I'll say it, I dislike her more than Edward. She's... She's a killer cop. She's a murdering cop who killed who killed someone's love on the island, okay? And they could have had a long and happy life on that island together. And she fucking murdered her in cold blood. So Ana Lucia of Lost Season 2, I will be staking in the heart, even though she's already dead. Just to desecrate her corpse. I had to look that up for a second. It's been a long time since I watched Lost. Have you seen Lost? I've seen Lost all the way through, not once, but twice. Yeah, you have. Gabby! Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I had no idea. Yes, yep. Maybe I'll rewatch that one next. (laughs) After I finish rewatching Grey's Anatomy. Dude, (laughs) I have, like, I have, like, 13 more seasons to go of that one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that is all we have for our listeners this week thank you so much for listening um Haley do you just want to kind of give some closing thoughts on your experience in the world of Stephanie Meyer's Forks Washington yeah um it's just a very confusing place I will just say (laughs) also I mean I've I've never been to Forks I've been to the Olympic Peninsula, but being from Washington, like, I don't know. All the descriptions, everything she talks about in Forks is just so, like, it's not on. So if anybody here is from Forks, write in and talk about what it's really like. Because, yeah, being stuck in that world for this week, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little scary. 
Yeah, you'll need you'll need to detox. Yeah, this is a tangent, but I have I forgot I had a whole conversation yesterday about Twilight with one of my regulars at the cafe. <gasps> they are going to the Olympic the Olympic. Oh my gosh, the Olympic mm-hmm. Peninsula. They're going this weekend. I think they actually left today. She and her oh partner God. and their children, and they're going to Forks. And we had like a whole conversation about Twilight and about Forks. About how they have like a there's like a Twilight themed diner and and mm-hmm. all of this stuff and so I'm gonna ask her about her trip next week when I see her. Be making her americanos. She always gets two americanos. Light water, extra. You no, know, I hate to say this, but americano is the worst drink. And what? I I kind of want to stab americanos. So if you're gonna. <gasps> If you're gonna drink hot, if you're gonna drink a cup of hot water with a little splash of espresso, no, you're not. And and some oat milk. No, that's disgusting. It's just watering down your shot. I don't care. That's that's my that's my thought. Hmm. Well, I would I would like to stake anyone who is judgmental about what other people order at the coffee shop. Yeah, don't yuck their yum, Haley. <laughs> well, I'm tired of making extra large Americanos, extra ice, <laughs> extra water, okay? <laughs> extra ice, extra water? Yeah, like extra large and they want lots of ice. Ooh. Yeah. How do I feel about cappuccinos? Anytime someone orders a cappuccino that is not an eight ounce, I am furious. Eight ounces, fine. What? Fine. It's great. Twelve ounces. I'm like grinding my teeth. But then when they order a sixteen ounce, I'm just like, I think I need to quit my job, so I can go punch this person in the face. You know, it's also a pint of milk. They're gonna drink a pint of hot milk. Yes. Yeah. I had a person. I've already talked about this. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I've definitely complained about it too. Most of the people I talked to already, but there was this woman two weeks ago and she came in and she's like, I need you to make me a 16 ounce cappuccino. And I'm like, okay, great. And so I did. And then she came back and she's like, there's no coffee in here. This is like three fourths foam and just a little bit of coffee. And I'm like, that is what you fucking ordered. Oh, my talking about it fills me with rage it's like yeah and order a latte i i don't know what to tell you this is exactly what you ordered don't order a 16 ounce cappuccino if you don't want that yeah so uh, listeners don't do these coffee don'ts at the coffee shop um have you ever decafed someone given them decaf when they've ordered calf no because where I work, decaf takes an extra step. Like you have to oh. hand hand dose it. So I'm not I'm not gonna go out of my way. No. Yeah. I have not given anyone decaf who has not asked for decaf. I'm always afraid baristas are gonna do that to me. Not because I'm I don't think I'm mean to them. I try and be really nice, but sometimes I just worry. I'm like, what if they just don't like me? You know? Yeah. Today I had I served a man who seemed like disgusted that I he was ordering drip no he ordered tea and he's like put a sweetener in 
two of them, the yellow one. And I'm like, okay. And I grabbed two of the yellow sweetener and I started to open them. And he's like, what? Oh, you're going to put them in yourself? And he's like, no, give that to me. And he like seemed disgusted or so offended that I was going to put in this sweetener by myself. And so I like gave them to him and he takes the cap off his tea and he's like going to put them in there. And he's like, what about the cream? I'm like, okay. Wow. Anyway, I went to give him cream and he's like, I'll just come back later for it. Like he was just, I was like, why are you so mad at me? What did I do to you, (laughs) sir? Wow. And he just left. I was like, okay. And on that note, I think it's time to close out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Jordan had a suggestion of mashing up our two suggested uh, sign-offs. Okay. So what did he say? I think he just said, um, like, keep – it wasn't very complex. I think he just said, like, keep your eyes peeled for sparkling vampires and live forever. So just literally mashing the two up. What if – we mash mm-hmm. the two up, but we do it in the different order. So it's so long, suckers. I like that. I want to include I like that, that in too. There somewhere. I like suckers. Okay. <laughs> Your face. It sounded weird. Haley, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. Ready? <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled for sexy, sparkly vampires. So long, suckers.